And to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Here are two Smart Moves quotes from highly successful business leaders. Richard Branson said, Your brand name is only as good as your reputation. And Warren Buffett said, It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. Both speak to the importance of reputation management. Meaningful business comes from meaningful relationships. But how are meaningful relationships really created? And what is that really needs to be managed? Well, listeners, my guest today is Mike Muni, the co-founder and co-inventor of ACT, the product that originally created the entire relationship management software category and to date has sold over 10 million copies worldwide to PC users, dispels the notion of thinking that any type of relationship can really be managed, regardless of whether it's personal or business. This will be a no-holds-barred look at the state of relationships today and what it takes to distinguish oneself and win. Welcome, Mike. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Marcia. Um, as the uh, co-founder of ACT, a software invention that changed the world, how did it begin? What is the ACT story, Mike? Well, that's always a good question that I frequently get, Marcia. And what I don't know is that it was actually born out of desperation. Uh, my partner and I, another sales guy, I started my career with IBM in the main... Are you still there? Sure, yes. Oh, I, I, I'm hearing all these noises. I apologize. Um, I started my career with IBM in the mainframe era and was a classically trained sales guy back in the mid-'70s. And fast forward... Uh, we started a, a software company uh, and designed another product uh, for a specific industry that we thought was ever-growing, and make a long story short, uh, we were almost out of money. We had an angel investor uh, fund us to the tune of $100,000, $85,000 later. We literally said to each other, this dog ain't going to hunt, it's over, we're dead, and I went to a mentor uh, who and asked his advice on what we should do, and he suggested that 
we have a four-hour brainstorm session on July 4th, 1986, and see if we could come up with another idea. So we did, and that was the uh, breakfast in the morning that what became ACT was conceived. And we started out by saying, well, what do we need? I mean, if we could design the perfect product for something we ourselves could use, because we couldn't use the other product we designed uh, ourselves, uh, we started, you know, an exchange of ideas and thoughts, and that's what led to the creation of uh, ACT nine months later in the market. And there was no category at the time that existed that it fit in. Uh, and so we had to invent a category as well, and we called it contact management, software design for people who deal with people and who doesn't deal with people. And so it was kind of a last-minute ditch effort, Hail Mary Pass, whatever you want to call it, but that's how it was born. Interesting, and it was created, uh, from what you said, from a sales perspective. Am I correct on that? And then well, it, 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 uh, it, it evolved into other, for other purposes. Well, uh, it didn't start out, and it never was designed by us, where we tagged it as a salesperson's product. And even though we were career sales guys ourselves, okay. uh, our attitude was very simple. It was that everybody sells. What you do is what you do. You might be architecture or law or engineering or medicine. doesn't matter what you do. But what you are at all times is a salesperson. Why? Because... Every business transaction and whatever job you have, even if it's internal support, you're dealing with other people. You are persuading them as to your skill set, your abilities, etc., and you're always being compared to other people, uh, and let's call those competitors. Right. Well, uh, you know, we all have competitors because we all have options, and so what makes you uh, my choice uh, compared to other people? So from that standpoint, we designed it with the attitude that let it be customizable so that if you are a lawyer and you want to kind of finish it, if you will, to, you know, what you need as a lawyer, fine. But the, the universal parts of it, uh, having to do with relationships, you know, uh, notes you took on them, activities you wanted to schedule with them, communications you, you know, had with them, beginning back in that era with faxes and letters, and then proceeding later to email, of course, uh, was what we designed it to do, and so it little, literally fit everybody. We had we had a cow farmer who uh, kept a profile in act on every cow, and I know that sounds funny, but he adapted it to because you have to keep track of veterinary you know appointments and sure. Sure. W- what medications you took. We had the Kansas City Royals baseball team scouts to keep track of uh, prospects for the baseball team. I mean, we had everything just about. Uh, we had the CIA using uh, act back then. Um, you know, for keeping track of whatever they did. They never told us, but we knew that they were a customer. And so it was all over the board. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm curious about, because it was such a new, um, a new concept, um, did it take off right, uh, right away uh, and become very successful? Because I know it sold like 10 million cop- uh, copies of it. Mm-hmm. Or did you have to struggle a bit and convince people of its value? Uh, we definitely had to convince people, and yes, we absolutely did struggle in the beginning. I don't want to say we struggled badly, but we certainly struggled. Uh, you know, the mindset back then was that PCs were still relatively new. Uh, most people did not have them, and those that did certainly weren't much at home yet. They were purely business for the most part, and they were for spreadsheets and word processing. You know, what else do you need a PC for? 
and then the laptop emerged, and so mobility was on the horizon, if you will, but they weren't very good either. But the point was that people had, uh, up to that point in time, kept themselves organized in the form of both their contacts and their calendars uh, via products like day timers, you know, paper systems, filofaxes, rolodexes, index cards, whatever. And I'll never forget talking to a few people at the very beginning uh, to say, you know, I'd like to show this to you. And they would say to me, why do I need a computer to keep track of my contacts and calendar? My day timer works fine. Well, right. my partner and I were, you know, power day timer users. I, I knew exactly how to, to uh, thrash that product as far as its weak points uh, and what we could do so much better. And, but, but people resist change. And it's no different today than it was back then. Um, people get lazy, they get accustomed to habits, and they think they found the best tool, although there's always a better tool that you know, can emerge, and that's what ACT proved to be over time. So uh, what I like to say is we, it took us six years before we later sold the company uh, to become an overnight success. But, but what happened, Marsha, was the ACT was released April 1st, 1987, uh, easy day to remember, April Fool's Day, and in September, PC Magazine, the most premier um, and most highly regarded you know, PC publication of the time, published a two-page article by one of the most uh, renowned uh, consultants, Jim Seymour, and he wrote the, an article entitled, What Qualifies as Great Software? And it was all about ACT. And two months after that, we won our first PC Magazine Editor's Choice Award, which to this day still is the Oscar of the industry. And uh, that certainly boosted sales. But, uh, you know, people had to find out about it. And that review greatly helped bring awareness of the product. Um, I would imagine that the concept of uh, relationship management was not a very well-known concept back then. Am I correct on that? Did people think about managing relationships? Well, uh, I think, you know, everybody did do it. I mean, you don't need technology to manage relationships, uh, loosely, you know, defined here, uh, but absolutely not. There was no such thing as a relationship manager. Now, if you go, and for years it's been the case, if you go to look in the want ads, for example, you will often find uh, a position that's entitled, you know, a relationship manager, right? And so today it's pretty, you know, standard or normal and, and understood, but back then it was totally foreign. Okay, and um, we just have a, a couple of minutes more, um, and I know you want to get into a, uh, an addition, but uh, can we really manage relationships? Are they, I mean, we talk about managing relationships all the time, but mm-hmm. is, what's your take on that concept? Yeah, no, good question. You might expect me to say absolutely we can manage relationships, but in fact, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not an advocate of that. I do not believe that you can manage relationships at all. There's no way that I can manage you, and there's no way you can manage me. You know, we all have enough time, hard enough time as parents, for example, just managing our own kids, right? I mean, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't jive with a dis- definition, What I do believe, though, is that the only thing that can be managed is me. And Mm -hmm. so the question then becomes how well and how much better can I manage myself so that I can be more successful? And it turns the focus back on you and, and, you know, how you can improve what you need to do to excel and exceed, you know, and be successful. And and, uh, the thing that I also like to say uh, that, you know, correlates to that is that what is it that you're managing about yourself? And so I ask people often, what is your most important asset, your number one core most important asset 
from which everything else in your life springs, both personal and business. And most people don't get the answer right away. You know, my health, my degree, my, you know, those are all good things. Don't get me wrong, but that's not the core. The core is my reputation, what I can manage about myself and what I do, my actions I take, the words I speak affect my reputation. It was interesting you started out with Warren Buffett's and Richard Branson's, you know, quotes about reputation. I totally believe in that. But the problem with it is, it's determined by your perception of me, Marsha, not what I say it is. My actions, uh, you know, provide an image and a brand, if you will, of what you then perceive me to be, and hopefully that is the best reputation compared to everybody else you're, you know, uh, assessing me against uh, in that competitive sense, right? So you, you can only manage yourself and what you're most importantly managing on a day-to-day basis in both business and personal lives, you know, our entire life, is your reputation so that it's optimized in the perception of others. And so as we're coming to the break, uh, the phrase perception is in the eyes of the beholder is really what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. No (laughs) question about it. So we are going to take a quick break. Uh, This is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. Stay tuned as we talk further about reputation management. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zidel, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today on The Business Edge is Mike Muni, the co-inventor of the very well-known uh, software act, giving us insights into managing relationships versus managing a reputation. And when we ended, um, Mike, you made a very strong um, uh, statement that you, can, you can't manage relationships, but you can manage your reputation. Can you tell me more about that and give some examples? Sure. Uh, so let me make a comment about uh, current times. You know, it's been around since uh, about 1993, uh, the phrase CRM, which stands for Customer Relationship Management. Products today like Salesforce.com, for example, or Microsoft CRM uh, are focused on customer relationship management, which, I, as you now know, I don't believe is a good description because you can't manage relationships, so why do we call it that? If we are forced to use those same three letters, though, what I do believe they ought to stand for is critical reputation methods, Uh, those methods that I myself employ such that my reputation is always strong, healthy, uh, exercised, and enhanced uh, and enables me to achieve my, my full potential. Now, to give you an example of uh, kind of where this really started to hit home for me, uh, I'm going to go back to about 1977. Uh, I was working for IBM as a mainframe sales guy for two years up at that point, and I had to go through, uh, like all new sales hires, their six-month intensive sales school. Uh, We were graded and ranked nationally, case studies, role-playing. I mean, it was... Uh, like going to MBA school. It was that brutal uh, and intensive. Anyway, as I look back, Marsha, what I realize mm-hmm. um, from the point that you know we started ACT and beyond uh, through today is that they, they didn't teach me how to sell. They taught me how to deal with more people more effectively so that as a result I would be more successful. And there is a distinction. So here's what uh, uh, an occurrence that really opened my eyes personally. Now, one of the things they taught us in sales school was a concept called what's on the walls. Now, I know today Facebook describes Facebook as, you know, post something on a person's wall. Facebook didn't exist back then, obviously. So what it meant was when you were out cold calling and visiting executives, take a notice of what the magazines are on the coffee table in the lobby. Take notice of the pictures in their office, the executives' offices and the trophies and, you know, the little, um, you know, knickknacks on their desktop, whatever. Those were representative of what their real passions and interests were. And what you ought to do is to start conversations built around those things. So, for example, I'd walk into an executive's office uh, and notice a picture of a boat on the wall or a few boats, right? And I might just say, is that your boat? Oh, yeah, that is my boat. Really, I'd love to have a boat. You know, how long have you had it? Oh, you know, X amount of time, really. Uh, have you ever taken it, you know, to, to the ocean, in the ocean, or what's the most exotic thing you've done? I mean, the point is, I'm talking about something very personal, and I'm getting them to talk, and I'm getting them to loosen up, and I'm getting them to feel comfortable with me, having just met me, and I'm beginning to establish that all-important trust factor. You know, there's a whole psychology to this, right? So here's what happened. 
I, I did that with everybody, but nobody responded in the fashion that this one CEO did of this huge company that I called on. Uh, I stopped by this company unannounced, and I uh, you know, introduced myself uh, to the receptionist who gave me to the executive assistant of the CEO, you know, and I asked that person's name. You know, Hi, my name is Mike Muni, your IBM salesperson. What's your name? First question, what's your name? Well, my name is you know, Sue. Well, hi, Sue. Nice to meet you. Very personable, right? Mm-hmm. I know I'm here unannounced. Is it possible I could just quickly introduce myself to the CEO? She took my card. He came out. And I introduced myself, and this is what he immediately said to me, Marsha. He said, Mike, I would love to talk to you, but I'm literally getting ready to leave for a two-week skiing vacation in Colorado with my family. Feel free to call me when I get back. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Have a good time, right? I went out to my car, and I wrote down two very important things in my daytimer, again, back in that era, but I wrote it three weeks out. I thought I'd give him a week to get back and get settled. Mm-hmm. I wrote down the executive assistant's name. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, ask him how his skiing vacation went. So three weeks later, I called him up, finally got through to him, and I said, you know, hi, Mr. Smith, this is Mike Muni from IBM. Oh, hi, Mike, how you doing? Hi, Mr. Smith, uh, you know, how was your skiing vacation? First question out of my mouth, right, had seemingly nothing to do with business, but mm-hmm. it had everything to do with business, yes, as it turned yes. out. What he did, Marcia, is he paused for a moment, I'll never forget it, and he said, you know, you're probably a pretty smart guy working for IBM, and you're probably smart enough to figure out that your competitors have been calling on me too, uh, and they have been, I will confirm that, and they all knew that I was going on a skiing vacation, and they've all contacted me since I've been back, you're the last. Uh, And then he said, but do you know you're the only one that asked me about my skiing vacation? Yes. What that tells me is you're a professional, and I do not like to deal with amateurs, just professionals, so yes, let's have that, up, that appointment, and Marsha, I ended up selling an IBM solution, you know, big money item, right? Back right. That era, but the, and the point is this, it's the, the moral of the story is not that I ended up selling the system, because I might have anyway, having, you know, worked at IBM, uh, I still would have had done the dance, as I call it, but... Uh, the point is this, it immediately in his mind, in his mind, most importantly, right. uh, eliminated and eviscerated my competition and he relegated them to the category of amateurs and, you know, uh, uh, moved me up to the level of professional in comparison to them. That is the birth in my own mind. It was a, an awakening as a you know, mid-20-year-old, right? Uh, right, to understand the value of personalization of being authentic and you know uh, the what's on the walls and focusing on you and his my reputation and I'm going to encapsulate it that way in his mind was based on a comparative sense to everybody else uh, because of that simple question that's an example of you know what is it that I'm managing so watch what you say be personal you know be there to to serve and give not to get uh, you know, and and uh, let it flow. Um, very valuable lesson. And you know what surprises me? This, and I use this term, it's not rocket science. It is building relationships with, uh, by building relations with others, by getting to know who they are and and show a real interest. Why is that so hard for some people? I mean, do you know why? Because it, it seems so obvious. 
It is obvious, but at the same time, it's not applied. You know, I, I, you know we all, I'm going to assume, um, you know, from time to time have read some kind of a success book or heard an inspirational speaker, and we are momentarily, you know, motivated and inspired to, you know, to do better, to excel and exceed, you know, what, where we are today. But we fall back on old habits, and, and we just don't equip ourselves with the right kind of tools that, that you know, enable us and facilitate the means by which we can get further, because it's not just about the intent to do better. I have to execute it, and what I equip myself, what armor, if you will, I put myself uh, in to do a better job and, and, and have victory will determine, you know, going further than not in what I you know, intend to do, right? So that's where software tools have come in, right? They, they uh, sense act, and... You know, through today, of course, there's a lot of tools in technology by which we can assist ourselves in having that same, you know, touch, but with a plurality of people never before imaginable, right? And, but not lose the quality and the, you know, detail and intricacies of each and every relationship we have for that personal touch. Because you don't care how many people I know. You could care less how many people are in my database. That's not important. What's important is when I encounter you, what is it that I remember about you such that you think, my gosh, I can't believe that Mike remembered that. He said he would do this, and he did it. He, said, you know, he asked me about that question that we haven't talked about a year, for a year, and nobody else has even asked me about it. How did he remember? You know, I stand out from the crowd when I do little things like that. I like to say, Marsha, you know, well, first, I, before I say it, I ask people when I speak often, uh, raise your hand if you agree with this question. Little things mean a lot. And invariably, yes. everybody raises their hands. And I then tell them, you're all wrong. You're wrong. But look at how easily you agreed to that incomplete and incorrect statement. You know the right answer to that statement. You know the, the last word of that statement. I'm going to repeat it again, and you instinctively will tell me that last word. And so I'm going to say it even to you, Marcia. So here we go. <laughs> Little things don't mean a lot. They mean... Everything. Everything. That's what I'm saying there. You, you thought you were going to get caught right, like, like a deer in the headlights, but you knew <laughs> the right answer to that question. Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. The problem is none of us is smart enough to remember everything, so we've got to do a better job equipped with the right tools with which to do a better job such that we are closer to perfection. Okay? There is no such thing as perfection as a human. We all know that, but... If I can get further along in it than you and everybody else, then I will look perfect compared to them because it's always comparative. And so that's the kind of mindset and commitment and determination and investment you've got to make in yourself in how you manage yourself to affect the way that you are perceived by everybody that determines your penetration, not only with them in their own mind compared to other people that they could choose from, but they have networks behind them. I would call them orbits, right? But they have networks behind them that if I do a great job, they'll introduce me to people beyond them. And we often don't even think about that. We treat people as a one-off when it's really multidimensional. But we've got to earn the right to you know, serve them and get them invited by them to go into their realm of other relationships they have that they could connect me to. We all want referral business. Everybody says, sure, I want it. Absolutely. Who likes to sell? It's too hard to find a new customer, right? If you could make an introduction, it'll open some doors. All of this is common sense, but common sense is very uncommon in today's world. 
further exacerbated by the fact that we now live in a very superficial relationship world. Right. And, you know, you set up the, the importance of reputation management and how you manage your, you know, what's important and the idea of action speaks louder than words. But when we're going to be taking a short break now and we come back, um, I want you to uh, talk about social media because that, you know, where does social media fit in to reputation management? Mm-hmm. So, listeners, it's time for a short break. This is Marsha Zival, your Smart Moose coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Zotto, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today is Mike Muni, co-inventor of the very well-known Axe Software. And we've been talking about relationship management and how important that is for your success. And right at the end of the last segment, we got into social media. So let's start with... What are the pros and cons of social media in terms of reputation management? Okay, well, uh, good question. Since uh, we're all consumed by it today in one fashion or another, someplace or other, uh, whether that be LinkedIn and or Facebook, uh, you know, et cetera, and or Twitter, you know, the three prominent ones, um, 
Let's talk about the pros first. Uh, in today's world, one of the fascinating things about social media is I can literally reach people all the way around the entire globe in a matter of you know, moments. It's unbelievable the reach I can have. We now know that also bricks and mortar uh, don't define or contain a region that I can sell to uh, as far as a prospect customer base. I can sell to the world if I can appeal to them via a website. So social media has dramatically changed things for the positive in that sense. And so let's call it a much wider opening at the very top, Marcia, of a very huge funnel. And a mm-hmm. funnel, by definition, tapers at the end. So let's call that tapered, you know, narrow part at the bottom. Let's, let's kind of set a picture here, if you will. Sure. So think of all the ways at the top of that funnel that names can be obtained. Uh, I can, you know, quote unquote, send you a friend request on Facebook and let's just say you accept. I mean, okay, so we're quote unquote friends. Let's not get into the definition here yet about that. But the point is, connections are more easily made uh, than ever before compared to the past. The uh-huh. downside of it is we've also gotten very superficial in, uh, with a nanosecond attention span on uh, the purpose of relationships with people. Um, I like to compare relation, uh, relationship management to social media in the following manner. So I tell people social media really ought to be called social me because it's all about me. It's about how many people have viewed my YouTube videos? How many people have followed me on Twitter? How many friends do I have on Facebook, even though you don't even know them? How many people are linked up to me on LinkedIn? It's all about me, me, me. Now, if I'm looking at you on your Facebook page or LinkedIn or Twitter, I'm seeing the same information that all my competitors can also see. So going back to that IBM story I told you about, I have yet then to distinguish myself from competition because we all have the same access to everything you've put out there about yourself, right? So I've got to begin to understand how do I break from that pack? How do I get ahead, right? Uh, There's no traffic jam on the extra mile. How can I get there? What do I need to get there? What do I need to do to get there? So relationship management in contrast is about you, not me, and it's private information, you know, things close to the chest. I, I spend time with you, and I learn about you for things that probably, you know, uh, some of is not on social media. That gives me an edge. It begins to crack the door open, if you will, to personalize our relationship and distinguish me from people you compare me to, mm-hmm. right? And right. so what you have to understand in today's world, in my opinion, is that I've got to figure out how to balance it. So I ask people this question when I, when I also speak uh, often. Uh, how many of you uh, are deriving your livelihood from all of your social media activities? And, Marsha, I am not exaggerating. In all the years I've been asking that question, one person raised their hand, uh, a guy that was about, I don't know, in his mid-30s. And I asked him, and this was in an audience of about 150 people, you know, you're the first one that's ever raised your hand. What is it that you do? And he said, well, I'm a journalist and I cover social media. Everybody (laughs) laughed, right? And I said to him, well, look around you, though. Nobody else raised their hand. Nobody. And I said, let me ask the question a different way uh, and raise your hand if you agree with this. How many of you are deriving your livelihood uh, primarily from the people that you've extracted out of, you know, your your, uh, population of everybody that you have access to and are concentrating on them? 
and everybody raises their hand. And the, that's the bottom part of the funnel. So what we've got to learn to do is take advantage of that, you know, huge opening at the top and access to names, but what do you do to work to get them down to the narrow part by which you can apply your energies and efforts for your livelihood and our livelihoods determine the quality of our personal lives? Because I never uh, exclude the personal from business. I have a life, and it's comprised of both, business and personal, and there's even overlap, as we all know, right? Mm-hmm. You and I could be customer, you know, vendor, but we could also be best friends, right? right? And so I think of life holistically uh, as far as relationships with no regard to business or personal. I wanted to manage all of it because, you know, uh, I need to. And so that's, you know, how I kind of use social media. The, the, the younger generation, and I'm just going to be blunt here, there's much that we can teach each other. Good for the young generation and the ideas, you know, the Facebooks of the world that have introduced new ways of communicating with people, of staying in touch. I'm, I'm in touch with my cousins that I have never seen since I was a little kid that live in other parts of the country, and we've rediscovered each other. It's really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in that regard, it's great. But in LinkedIn, which is business-focused, here's what typically happens. Uh, this happens to me all the time because I'm, you know, uh, an entrepreneur and co-inventor of ACT and VIP Orbit, and I speak, etc. Uh, I often get people sending me an unsolicited, I want to link up with you. And here's the sad commentary about it, Marsha. They mm-hmm. don't even give me a personal, some kind of personalization. They don't say, hi, Mike, I, I heard you speak on Marsha's radio program, or hi, Mike, I bought your product, or hi, Mike, I read your book, I heard you speak. It's simply the default, I want to add you to my professional network. What makes me compelled to want to link up with you when you don't even talk to me, really, and it's not even personal? It, but let's say I go ahead and accept I never hear from those people ever, ever again. There's no communication. So what I call it, Marcia, the fact of the matter in social media is it lends itself to relationship voyeurism, and it's, it, it uh, evidences a selfish motive. I want to come in and see who I can pick and choose from who you're linked up to, Mike, which is why I really want to link up to you, but I have no regard for you. That's the message you know, that's given in situations like that. And it's, it's made people insensitive to deepening relationships, meaningful ones. You know, relationships could be priceless, but people don't even work, you know, anywhere near that ca- uh, capacity. So, you know, going back to your funnel analogy, you have lots of people that you are connected with whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever. How do you start getting them or, uh, to, how do you start uh, getting them to that lower end of the funnel? What do you need to do? I mean, obviously you can't have everyone. So mm-hmm. how do you pick the ones that you want to get to that lower end of the funnel? And what do you do to start building that relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no, it's a good question. I mean, you know, there's the typical things that I think any smart uh, person from a business standpoint does we you know you should attend networking sessions etc i mean that's after all how you and i met right and, right and you simply you simply make yourself available and start just uh chatting up in a you know very cordial manner friendly manner and i i like to, th- to say uh as little as this is ever said uh one of the quickest ways to begin to establish uh, an emotional bond which is something i'll elaborate on in a minute Right. Um, is to get people to laugh, right? So 
if you in the first 30 seconds, for example, um, you know, not everybody has to be a comedian or gregarious, but if there's something you can do to, to form a smile on somebody else's face or laughter, maybe making fun of some, you know, political uh, situation. I mean, look at, you know, the, the late night show hosts and what's going on in, you know, Russia right now with Putin. I mean, there's always something that could be uh, humorously said, and, and whatever it is, the point is this. Try to get people to smile because it's dopamine, and it's a feel-good situation, and it's emotional. Let me, let me concentrate on that for a moment. One of the things I also don't like about relationship management and you know, all of these things we've talked about so far is, uh, and as it relates to CRM systems, uh, like a Salesforce, for example, is people are taught or, or told to collect data, right? It's clinical data. It has no bearing on a relationship. It's simply data. For example, Marsha, let's say that I know that you like, I'm just going to pick something out of the clear blue here. Let's say you like tennis. I mean, right. you're just a tennis advocate, right? You love it. You've lived it for your whole life, and you enjoy watching it, etc. Um, well, I could collect that information. Marsha likes tennis, right? Uh, okay, so I can give that to the marketing department and whatever. But the difference between clinical data of tennis and emotional data of tennis is this. Marsha, really, you, how long have you been playing tennis? Oh, years and years. Really, have you ever gone to Wimbledon? Oh, my gosh, yes. Are the U.S. Open, too? Really? Oh, my gosh. Who's the best tennis player you've ever seen? I mean, you see a completely different complexion yes. of driving it toward an emotional connection and not just clinical collection of information. And a lot of people stop at clinical collection of data thinking, I now know who Marsha's idol is, and I know what she likes. No, you, you may, but you haven't connected with her yet. It's all about connection. So whatever mechanisms you use, and most of them are simply personal, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the software products uh, are simply means by which you can record that, but right. the connection has to be made heart to heart, right? And, yep. and so find a way to uh, you know, elevate yourself toward an emotional realm and not clinical data collection realm. From there, the door is wider open than ever before. I mean, that's kind of what happened with that CEO, right? I I asked him how his skiing vacation went. I got him talking about an emotional interest, and it it, uh, separated competition from me. That's, again, a great example that I've already elaborated on. Well, you know, we have about a, uh, we're going to be going for another break, but just to make a personal comment, uh, people can see from my uh, LinkedIn or Facebook that I've lived overseas, and um, all you have to do is ask me about it, that's all, Mm -hmm. and boy, Mm -hmm. you'll get me talking, Mm -hmm. Uh, and some people will, you know, just, I think what you're saying is be very aware of what is it that's going to start that and continue that conversation? Um, and I think you brought some very good points about that emotional bond. So we are going to be taking another break, a short break. And this is Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. And when we come back, Mike is going to tell us all how to contact him and other things about maybe his new products um, and just more information so that you can stay in touch with him. Stay tuned.
will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. This is Marsha Zotto, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest today is Mike Muni. Um, giving us terrific insights on managing one's reputation. And so, Mike, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, we started the program talking about ACT and how it's become so successful. And you've also shared with us many great insights. So what are you doing today? What's on your agenda today? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Marcia. Well, you know, if I go back to the the training at IBM that I told you about, uh, one of the things I forgot to mention was that they taught us day one in class, in our formal class, that we were professionals. We need to see ourselves as professionals and carry ourselves as professionals, and that that left a great imprint on me. And so, uh, from uh, graduation from college and starting my career, I've always, um, you know. Uh, kind of seeing myself from that prism, if you will. I say that because uh, to get into what am I doing today, I, I want to compare um, and ask a question of your listeners for them to think about, and it's simply this. You know, if you want to be a professional, and let's assume that most people might think that they are, but in fact they aren't because it's not up to them. Remember, it's up to the perception of people that see you, and so you've really got to ask yourself, how do others see me? Do others see me as a professional? And if not, how can they, right? So, you know, I, I'll ask this question. As a professional, and let's talk about any professional athlete, right, that finally made it to the, that, that realm of professionals, right, the NFL, the major soccer league, major league baseball, doesn't matter. Uh, 
once I arrive at the professional level, do I slacken off or do I intensify my training? Uh, we know the answer to that question. They intensify it, you know, which is counterintuitive. They just they reach the ranks of professionals. They made it, right? They've realized their life's dream. Are you kidding me? Professionals train more intensely than amateurs. And so by comparison, if you want to be a professional, you've got to intensify what you do. That's who I am, and that's kind of one of my you know, characteristics or persona. And I say that because, obviously, ACT uh, you know, revealed uh, you know, a, a vision and a realization that there is merit, there's value, uh, you know, there's um, meaningfulness in helping people to not only find more, but more effective relationships. So it, my entire life, I've been focused on building tools, software tools, to help people realize uh, better means of being more successful through their relationships. Okay, so uh, back in 2004, I abandoned Windows, which meant I abandoned ACT, my own invention, co-invention, uh, and I went to Apple. And fast forward, by 2009, now equipped with the Mac and an iPhone, the iPad had just been announced, uh, I wanted what I once enjoyed with ACT in the Windows world. Uh, that didn't exist in the Apple world. So, you know, as an entrepreneur and that, you know, I don't want to wait around for somebody else, I said, I'm tired of waiting. I know how to create software. I know how to build a company. I know how to raise money. I, uh, I know how to go global. I'm going to do it again because I need it myself. The same story that my partner and I, who, you know, the other co-inventor of ACT, we said, what do we need? So, so I've invented, what did you uh, invent and, you know, and how can people uh, contact you? Where can they see it? Go to, uh, well, the name of my product and company is VIP Orbit, one word, V is in very, very important person, VIPOrbit.com. We've won numerous awards. We were recently ranked second year in a row number one of the best 50 top global business uh, apps for iPhone and iPad users. We have a Mac version. The iPhone version is free. Uh, so you can get started right away at no cost. It's built around a concept called orbits, and an orbit can be anything you want, Marsha, anything. Right. I have 72 orbits. I have my golfing buddy's orbit. I have hotel's <laughs> orbit. I've got a family orbit. I've got a customer orbit. I've got an investor orbit. I've got a board of directors orbit. And a person can be in multiple orbits. It's not just putting them in orbits, though. It's what you can do. I can send group emails, group texts, right. right. to people so- in an orbit. You know, I, 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 because of time, um, so they can contact you by going to VIPOrbit.com. Would you want to give a phone number or an email? And then I want to thank you so much. So what other way can they contact you? Very good. Yes, they can write me at Mike at VIPOrbit.com. Very simple. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I have learned so much about reputation management, and I know I'm right after this, I'm going to go to VIPOrbit.com. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Puzzles and management, what do they have in common? Recently, I watched my husband complete a crossword puzzle. He started with four down because that is what was easiest for him. Then he focused his efforts on a small section of the puzzle, trying to respond to both the across and down clues until he got stuck. 
After a while, he moved to another section of the puzzle with the intent of coming back to the earlier section when he acquired some additional insight. He changed his mind on several occasions and needed to erase two previous answers. In frustration, he put the puzzle down to eat lunch, did some errands, and then went back again. What I realized is completing a crossword puzzle has many of the same attributes as managerial work. The process is rather messy in nature and can lead to frustration. Sometimes you think you got it in the right direction and you're going there and then you find you need to backtrack. Decisions are made that don't lead to the desired outcomes and you may have to return to the drawing board. Some listeners realize success is not a straight line. Some managers may think if it doesn't go right the first time, then the project or the team is failing. You may need a different approach, especially when new information comes in that does not fit nicely into the original plan. In truth, knowing something is not work is valuable is not working is a valuable insight. You may need to fix it before it gets to great damage. So, a smart moves tip is the fact that many management situations do not lend themselves to linear framework can be frustrating. However, once it's accepted that problem solving and decision making are messy processes, it's easier to cope with and enjoy the ill-structured nature of managerial work. When was the last time you did a crossword puzzle? How about starting your next staff meeting with, with one? Could it lead to an honest assessment of how well a project is going? Listeners, do you want to know how to be a more effective manager? Send an email to Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmoves.com with the words build your management in the subject line. Or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's show is Secrets of Amazing Storytelling for Business. Dallas Morning News columnist David Lieber has been working for more than 30 years to get his newspaper audiences to turn the page on him. In today's world, it's harder than ever to get people to notice you, but there's one tried and true method that works every time. Dave will share his simple-to-use storytelling method and show you how to customize it for your industry. You can use these techniques immediately to increase sales, get that contact, and increase your loyal fan base, whose members will help you, fund you, and support you, and care about you. Tune in March 26th at 11 Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, to the Business Edge. Here's a smart moose question to answer this week. What's your reputation? Is it what you said it is? Is it what they, your customers, clients, constituents say it is? So what are they saying? If you don't know, then find out. Will you? And you may be pleasantly surprised or unfortunately shocked. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. Call me for a free consult at 972 972- 380-9181 or email Marcia M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com Thank you. Have a great week. 
You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level.